You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. We thank and praise God for this particular day that we have celebrated Christmas and the season with our young people and our children's church rendering service for us on this morning. We thank and praise God for those of you who have come to support your children, and we thank God for those of you who are watching online. And we just thank God that God has allowed us to see this particular season. For Jesus is the reason for the season. And so uh, I'm not going to go to the pulpit today. I'm going to stay right here. But we'd like to invite your attention to the book of Philippians, chapter number four. In passing, I'd like to let everybody know next week is Christmas Day, and we will be having service at 10 o'clock, and we're going to be covering the particular Sunday school lesson, so please come and enjoy that. I, I heard the forecast is supposed to be real cold, but I thought I said, no, I was watching some games yesterday up in Baltimore, I mean up in New York and some of the places where they got hooks of snow, and I said, people out there with no shirts on and stuff, and, I said, we all at least be able to come on the inside and have some church since we do celebrate it as his birthday. So we're asking everyone who can that's going to be in town, please come and enjoy the Lord with us. And then that following week also we'll have service at 10 o'clock. So if you're coming in at 1115, that wouldn't be a good idea. Come at 10 o'clock. Philippians chapter number four. If you have it, say, I have it. I'm going to read in your hearing verse number 10 down to verse number uh, 12. It reads as follows. If you would please so kind, be so kind to stand, be greatly appreciated. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care of me has flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect to wants, for I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. For I've learned how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere in all good things I'm instructed both to be full and hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Another translation goes like this. It says, and it's been a great joy to me that after all this time you have shown such great interest in my welfare. I don't mean that you have forgotten me, but up to now you had no opportunity of expressing your concern. Nor do I mean that I have been in actual need, for I have learned to be content wherever circumstances I may be. I would like for us to think up on the subject today, learning the secret of contentment. Learning the secret of contentment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your blessings upon this time we have together. together and that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and our redeemer. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. The secret, or learning the secret of contentment. I don't know about you, but there's something in our nature that always makes us look and other people's lives and causes us to think the grass is greener on the other side. 
is always better at the Jones' house. Not Mother Jones, of course, but <laughs> any name would have fit. And a lot of that is forced or forced upon us because we believe in the myth that the more stuff we have, the happier we are. Amen. The more we can accumulate, yes. that will gauge my contentment or the lack thereof of my contentment. We really see that in America. Only in America do are there over oh, nearly 50,000 self-storage sheds. This is not because people don't have houses. This is not because they don't have basements. This is not because they don't have attics and garages. But we accumulate so much stuff that billions of dollars, not hundreds, not thousands, not billions of dollars are spent every year to store our stuff. And it shows the fact that in all this stuff, we're never satisfied. Think about it for a moment. See, the problem with the accumulation of stuff, stuff never satisfied. Can I get a witness? Amen. What you got last Christmas ain't going to satisfy you next week. Because we're always looking to get more, to get better, to, to get the new toy, the new gadget out there to add to ourselves. And so the problem with stuff is and things is if you don't watch it, things begin to control us instead of us controlling it. How many of you ever panicked when you left your cell phone somewhere? <laughs> A few of us have, and I have. I go to work and feel like, oh man, I ain't worried about my keys, where's my cell phone? And that which we ought to control now is controlling us. I venture to say next week during Christmas time, folk gonna be eating dinner, but they ain't gonna be on those phones. Amen. They're gonna be watching social media. They're gonna have to respond to every tweet. They're gonna have to respond to every text message and everything people. And so now it's consuming us. Now it's controlling us. And that's one of the problems that it presents. One of the other things that all the toys we have it gives us less time to invest in each other. Amen. You think about it. When was the last time we had a conversation with somebody and it wasn't through email or through text and it even uh, uh, there was times and even in my own life, my daughter, uh, I would be downstairs and she'd be upstairs and she would text me, Dad, bring this up. <laughs> Young people, that, that's their means of communication. But if you don't watch it, you'll let that be the monitor by which we measure our sociability. But we need to build relationships with people beyond social media or beyond the platforms. Yes, yes. Lastly, in my passing, the problem with all the stuff we have is that have you ever noticed the more time you spend on social media, the, the more unhappy you are? No, I'm just, I'm talking about me now. 
the, 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 the more time, and I'm, I'm not talking about you just answered. I'm saying when we spend an enormous amount of time on social media, you start looking at what the Joneses are doing, and you don't know the Joneses only posing for a snapshot. Come on, y'all. I'm going to tell them myself. There was a time when we was going through COVID, and we would do a broadcast, and I would leave church and say, man, the Lord was good. He has blessed us today. And then i get on the social media and watch somebody else's service. I said, man, they got more folks than we got. They post more pictures than we got. And if I'm not careful, I'll begin to be disgruntled or be dissatisfied with the blessings that God has given us. There's nothing wrong with being on social media, but we got to control it and not let it control us. That's when Paul says, not that I speak in respect of one, but Paul said, I have learned that whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. Now, when we look at this word, content is an English word which means to be satisfied. It's not complacent, but it means to be satisfied, to be uh, a strong enough or in the process of supporting oneself. This word uh, content means to be independent of external circumstances, to be content with one's lot in life. Now, when we look at what Paul was saying, uh, Contentment is an inner peace. Say inner peace. Inner peace. That is marked by not what we have or what we don't have because I don't care how much stuff we got, I don't care how many toys we accumulate, there's one fact that all of us got to realize that we didn't bring nothing in this world and we ain't taking nothing out. You can think you won because you got the most toys at the end of the, your life. But the Bible says us to know only what we do for Christ is going to really last and make a difference. Solomon says it like this. Solomon says, I accumulated all this wealth and I accumulated all the accolades. I got all the titles. I got all the service. I got all the accounts. And, and then Solomon said, now I'm worried about who I'm going to leave it to. See, I don't care what you get, you're going to leave it to somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking the truth now. I don't care whether you're black, white, rich, poor, you ain't taking it with you. So why should I be worried about what somebody else has or discouraged about what somebody else got and, 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 and feel like I'm not blessed because I'm trying to measure the blessings of God based off of somebody else's stuff and they ain't taking their stuff with them anyway. Notice what Paul says. He says, first of all, in those definitions, contentment is something you have to learn. He said, I learned how to be content. In other words, it's not something you can read and learn from a book. It's not something you can find in school. But Paul says, through life, I've learned how to be content. That word learned there means I've learned by personal experience. Nobody had to uh, uh, tell me this. I had to go through some things. 
to learn how to be content. Paul was saying, I've learned how to be satisfied. I've learned how to be uh, full, and I've learned how to be empty. What Paul was literally saying was, when times were good, I learned how to say, thank you, Jesus. But he was saying, when time was bad, I still said, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because the same God that blessed me when things were good, is the same God that blessed me now that I got in struggle. The same God that blessed me when I was healthy, is the same God that's blessing me now that I got some ailments in my body. It's not based upon what I'm going through, it's based upon who he is. He said, I had to learn it. Hallelujah. See, and to do this, we have to learn not to compare ourselves with ourselves. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Paul says that. He says we should not compare ourselves. And the good news translation says, of course, we would not dare classify ourselves or compare ourselves with ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. In other words, what was going on in that text was they were undermining Paul's apostolic authority. They were saying, Paul, you're not a real apostle. And there were some people coming and telling the church folk that Paul's not real. Paul said, why would I want to try to brag or try to put myself in the category that you try to put me in when he said, you've got standards, you ain't reaching yourself. So he said, why should I compare myself with you? And if you want to learn how to be content, don't compare yourself with folk because God didn't make you like them. God made us all unique with unique talents, with unique gifts, with unique passions. Thank God for how he made you and live out the full you that God has called you to be. This one question that if you work on being the best you, that's a full-time job. If you can be all God called you to be, if you can touch the life God wants you to touch, that will be as something that we can look back upon and say, Lord, I thank you because I made a difference in this life. Not only that, but contentment is not based upon circumstances. When Paul wrote this, Paul wasn't in the height. He wasn't out in the Bahamas. He wasn't on a beach. Uh, sipping whatever y'all sip. But, but, but Paul was in prison. Paul was in prison waiting for trial. And Paul said, even in these circumstances, I can be content because my contentment is not based upon where I'm at, but who I'm in. In other words, because I'm in Christ, I can be content no matter what I'm going through, no matter what the situation is. When trouble comes my way, I can lift my hands high and say, Hallelujah, anyhow. I know they're talking about, and some of us have already talked about experiencing this recession that looks like it's looming and some already said we're in recession, food costs and gas prices are high and seem like order things and it might take a year to literally get it in because of the supply chain. But Paul says that what I have, this inner peace, this inner contentment is not based upon those things but who I am in Christ will never change. Come hell or high water, nothing can separate me from his love. 
Also, we learn from this, contentment is based upon what we have in Jesus Christ. And contentment is understanding that everything I need, God will supply. How many believe that? And how many believe that where you are, that's where God wants you to be? You said, well, you don't know where I'm at. I don't need to know where you're at. But where you are, you are in God's plan, and God knows how to get you to where he wants you to go. So therefore, how do we learn how to be content? First of all, we learn how to be content by learning to give thanks in all things. Right here, that's just give God some praise. I don't care what your circumstances is. I don't care how many folks sick in your family. I don't care if you ain't going to have a Merry Christmas. I don't care if you're going to eat peanut butter and jelly next week. God has been good and we can thank him in spite of, in the midst of what we're going through. Because he's still in a good heart. In all things, dear friends, I've learned how to buy, but I learned how to be a base. Paul says, when the blessings was coming, I learned how to say thank you, God. And literally, Paul says, the times when times was bountiful, I knew how to deal with it. But when I had to tighten up my belt, I could still say thank you. Because he realized it's not based upon those things, it's based upon the God that we serve. And we got to learn how to give God thanks in every situation. We can learn this lesson and learn how to be content when we learn how to rest in God's providence. Providence is God working behind the scenes to bring about his eternal good. See, it it means that I I, I trust him. That where I'm at in my life, God wants me to be there. And if God wants me to be there, I can learn how to say hallelujah anyhow. And when God gets ready for me to move, Ain't a devil in hell. Not anybody can stop me because God got his hand on me and he's hiding me. Thank you for the word So therefore, what can I do? I can rest. I might not like it, but I can rest in his providence. Listen, I can rest because he promised me that all things will work together for my good. I don't care where you are in the process, but when you come forth, you shall come forth as pure gold. God will shut the mouth of every hater. God will shut the mouth of folks who are speaking against you. Just let the process roll out and watch God be glorified in your behalf. God put you on front street so he can show his glory.
He could have promised you in 2010. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he repent. If he promised, it shall come to pass. So we got to learn how to be satisfied with what he's given us. See, some of us live in that if only syndrome. I'll be happy when, if only if I had more money, if I only had a bigger house, if I only had more Christmas gifts. But as long as you live like that, you'll always be unhappy. But if you learn how to live with what God has given you and thank him for what he's given you, God will then open up more doors for you to thank him. That's why 1 Timothy 6 and 6 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, God will bless us with godliness, but we got to be content with the little things in life. When you roll out of bed and you can feel your feet, thank you, Lord. When you go out of bed and you think you realize I got some feet, thank you, Lord. Because there's folk that get up not in their right mind. There are people that get up, don't even know that they're aware of their surroundings. But when you get up and God has blessed you through the night and the enemy tried to take us out, our bodies tried to shut down, and all those different things, we can say, Lord, I thank you. For the little thing. You know, as I, as I get older, I, I learn to thank God for the little thing. I used to take a good night's sleep for granted. Lord, sometimes I pray, just give me a good night's sleep. I, I got problems all around me. I'm not asking you to fix the problem. Just let me get a good night's sleep. Because usually if you get a good night's sleep, you can try to figure out what you're going through. How many ever asked God to just give me a good night's sleep? I, that came with that. Mess. I got older. I said, Lord, I just, I'm not asking for houses. I'm not asking for land. I'm not asking for, I just need a good night's sleep. Let your presence rest upon me. Let me wake up refreshed. Let me rest up with a renewed mind. And Lord God, I'll do what you call me to do. It's the little things. I'm moving fast. Then we got to learn how to live above our circumstances. Our circumstances don't dictate to us what God can do. But God can dictate what we can do through our circumstances. When we understand this, Paul said, I would therefore most gladly suffer the afflictions of Christ that his presence might rest upon me. In other words, what Paul was saying, it's not about my life circumstances, it's about God who's with me, who said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. A God who said he'll be with me in the storm so I can have the inner peace even like Daniel in the lion's den. And, and, the, and those lions thought they had a free lunch. But God says, not so today. When we understand, we can be content when we rely on God's power and God's provision. Didn't he tell us, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory? 
Didn't he tell you that you can do all things through him that gives us the strength? Yes. So therefore, no matter what we go through in life, this holiday season, the stress, the hustle, the bustle, all the changes that folk try to put you through, the things people try to make you feel unsatisfied about, learn how to be content. Amen. It's something that will never change. And that's God's love for you. I said it will never change. The latest gadgets today won't be popular next week. The money things we got to have today won't be the things that people are gravitating towards next year. Lastly, we got to learn how to be preoccupied with helping other folk. Amen. Don't make Christmas about you. Amen. Don't make your life about you. Make your life about helping other people. And if you make your life about helping other people, you'll realize that you're truly blessed. How many of you thought I'm not blessed until you see somebody else? You might complain about the shoes you wear. They may not be name brand, but look at the fork. They ain't got no feet. Look at the people who ain't got no place to stay. Look at the people that can't hear, can't see. So no matter where we are in life or what we're going through, learn how to give God praise. Stand on your feet. Learning to be good. Yes, Lord. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.